You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. All right, we want to talk about procrastination. Uh, I will review a couple things um, briefly in this, but I want, I want to hit on something here that you understand that procrastination is not just, well, I'm lazy or I'm this or that. Sometimes procrastination is laziness, but there's, there's a lot of roots and reasons why we might would procrastinate. But I need you to understand that this is a spiritual issue as well. And you say, well, it only affects me uh, paying my bills or cleaning my garage or doing this or doing that or finishing this project. But it's actually a very spiritual thing. Paul talked several times about how Satan had hindered him. Now, when, when you procrastinate, it's a sense of self-hindering, self-sabotage uh, that you would procrastinate. And the word hinder really is so close to that, except it's, 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 uh, you're affected by someone to procrastinate, in, in essence. The result is the same, that it would cause delay or prevent uh, Paul was prevented. He was delayed in doing something. So when we procrastinate, we end up preventing ourselves or delaying ourselves from getting something done. And uh, let me refer back to our Sunday series, which incidentally, we're wrapping up that series this Sunday. But let me just go to this part here. Ultimately, what procrastination hinders you from, limits you from, is being fruitful. Y'all with me? And when you're not fruitful, let's see how these things kind of stack together. When you're not fruitful, that affects your stability. That affects your happiness. That affects what gets blessed in your life. So we've got to understand that this is a huge issue. And if all of those things are hindered, then guess what? You can't be a what? A blessing. You can't be a blessing. So we need to make sure that we're not hindering ourselves and our fruitfulness in life by continuing in procrastination. We have to overcome procrastination. I said we have to put off procrastination. Now, procrastination destroys margin. And that creates pressure. When you put something off, uh, and it largely has to do with time, and really life is made up of time, and time is measured really in events. So time management is event management. And that event can be everything from taking out the trash, let's go back to the garage again, paying your bills, showing up at work. What, it, it always shows up in time, and then it affects events. And events are what is, is your life is made up of. You know, these different events. And so it's very important that we manage this much, much better, that we overcome these things. Because otherwise, you know, it's just wreaking havoc in our lives. So I hope that you can see in the underpinnings of this, this is actually a spiritual issue and not just a personality thing or whatever. Remember from last week, there are two categories of procrastinators. Does anybody remember? Very good. Unintentional and intentional. Unintentional, and, and many of you are unintentional. That means you, de- you desire to do something, but you end up not doing it somehow. 
You're unintentional and typically an unintentional procrastinator. And I won't do all of this tonight. We, we did a bunch on this last week. Um, there are roots of why you're that way. Okay. If you are an intentional procrastinator, then you see something that, you know, could or should be done and you, you decide I'm not going to do it. And that can be everything from rebellion to wisdom that you put something off. Jesus intentionally procrastinated coming to the tomb of Lazarus. You know, they called for him and he got there when he got there. You know, and he took care of business and there's a lot of, there's a lot in that that we won't go into tonight. But this is, this is a huge issue here. So, we have roots for uh, unintentional procrastination. Let me go over those real quick. Poor self-worth, fear, lack of goals, and the feeling of being overwhelmed. And we could spend a lot of time on those things. I'm just wanting to identify them tonight. Then as far as an intentional procrastinator, there are reasons for that. You're incapable, you're controlling, you're confused, you're lazy, you're rebellious, or you're purposeful about it. Uh, and so either way, unless it's something that you see, wisdom says right now, we're going to put this off. We're going to put this off. You would, I'm not even sure that that would necessarily fall in the category of procrastination. That is a, such a positive thing that in wisdom you would say, you know what, we're going to wait on this. Maybe it's a purchase. Maybe it's a trip. Uh, you know, whatever it would be that you purpose to not do it. Uh, procrastination tends to have a very negative connotation. And, um, and there are roots for that and there are reasons for that. Now, we are all to some degree, bless you, we are all to some degree damaged. Anybody admit it? Now, how many of you know that Jesus came to fix us up? Okay. Uh, are you all the way fixed up yet? Are you in process? Are you in training? Okay. Now, your original personality even, and even your, your original and your intended personalities uh, are not what, what they ideally should be yet. None of us. Because we've had events and people and things and, and trauma and, and different things that have shaped, shaped us and dented us and, in many different ways, okay? And a lot of this goes back to, and, and this is not psychology, this is just humanity in light of Scripture here. You're, you'll see how this fits. Uh, a lot of our damage took place as children. And even if you grew up, you know, the Bradys or the Cleavers or, you know, whoever you grew up with, we, we've, we've incurred some damage. So much so that you won't even talk to me. <laughs> you know, um, I won't go into all my story and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm victorious and overcoming and extremely grateful. But we lived in kind of a wonder years kind of neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, it seemed that afternoons and evenings, my mom and dad were drinking more. And then it just seemed like they're yelling more. And then they're cussing more. And then all of a sudden, dad's gone. And then all of a sudden, my neighborhood and my little buddies and my school that I walked to and rode my bike to, we moved from there. 
I mean, just almost overnight into a, a trailer park. And there's nothing wrong with a trailer park, but I like to say it this way, but there was something wrong with ours. <laughs> and now I'm at a new school. I don't know anybody at my school. Um, all this goes on, you know, and, there, and there's a lot of detail that I'm, that I'm leaving out. So many things going on. This part of the story is funny to me now, but it was horrible then. We lived, our little trailer park was in between a sewage treatment plant and a minute made. How many of you know the morning smelt funny? And we didn't have a dryer. We had a clothesline. And you kind of get used to it after a while, but I'm, maybe that's why some kids bugged me at school. Y'all hear me? Uh, guess what that could do to you? That could impact you. That could damage you. You know, and, I, and then my new school, I thought, you say anything to me, I'm so mad, we're fighting. And, you know, they're... You know, what happened to my family? Nobody's telling me anything either. And so all, all this goes on, you know, and, and you have your story. You have situations. You have ruined holidays. You have family things that happen. And even in the most perfect home, maybe your family was all intact and everything was good and you had a dryer. Or you had petunias in your yard or something, you know. Uh, even if you had that, guess what? Something probably happened with some classmates, a coach, a neighbor, a stranger, what, whatever it would be. You know, there's, there's things like that that have happened in our lives. There are three things, three God-given needs. These are needs that every person has. We need love. We need significance. We need security. And along the way, if we don't get the right mix and right levels of those or those things are somehow limited in our life, it impacts us. And so then because we didn't have the love, the significance or the security. And, and this may be the case for many, many people. Listen to me. Everything is maybe pretty balanced and okay now. You know, maybe you're happily married, maybe you've got kids, maybe you're in a decent house, whatever that would be. But, but guess what? Sometimes you're still acting out in ways because you were the new kid, you were the poor kid, your clothes smelt like, you know, whatever. mom did this, dad did that, mom and dad did that, you know, whatever it would be. You know, that was long ago in another season, but how many of you know it's carried over into this season? Okay, now here's the, here's the good thing, and, and we're well aware of this. Most of ministry is people repair. Jesus came to make us whole. He came to forgive, he came to heal, he came to, to remedy. He's able to, to he, he's not, let me back up some. Right now in heaven, he's being worshipped. And you can look into the book of Revelation and see what is being said, what is being declared in worship. And they're saying that he's worthy. He's worthy of praise and he's worthy of honor and he's worthy of majesty and he's worthy of glory. And they cease not day and night to lift him up. And this is what they say. And he's worthy for two reasons, okay? Get this. This is, this is so impacting in your life. He's worshiped and he's worthy in heaven. There are two things the book of Revelation tells us. He's a creator 
And he's a redeemer. And so you and I with our dents and scars and all those things, guess what he is for us and to us? He is a creator and he is a redeemer. A creator can make new things. And a redeemer can fix anything. So in our lives, listen, in our lives, if he can't fix it, he'll make a new one. Even when we sin, read David's psalm. I'm so far off my notes, it doesn't even matter. In Psalm 51, when David, David's psalm of repentance, you need to bookmark that one because it would serve you well. But he says, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And he says this, create in me a clean heart and renew a right and steadfast spirit in me. You know what that is talking about? Creation and redemption. Literally in the Hebrew, create in me a clean heart. It's a new one. When you repent to God, and I don't know the, all the ins and outs of all this, but God is able to create in you a clean heart, a new heart. And renew or redeem a right and steadfast spirit. That's why we need to repent to God. That's why we need to repent to God and come to him and say, Lord, my heart, my mind, and my direction have been, they've been wrong. You know, I talk about it in altar calls all the time that, you know, basically it's decisions and directions. It's, uh, listen, y'all, everything boils down to just a few things. You know, don't make things complicated. It all boils down to this for you and for me. Decisions and directions. When things have gone well for you, decisions and directions. When you've messed something up, decisions and directions. And when we make decisions and go in directions that take us away from God, hear this, we incur damage. And that's why we've got to repent. What does that really mean? Turn around and come back. When you come back to God, do you know what? He's a creator and he's a redeemer. And he can heal and he can make new and he can fix you up and he can patch you up. And, and, and I am confident that he leaves scars. He leaves our scars because our scars are not only a sign to us, a reminder to us, but then we also are called to comfort others with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with. Your test is also to be a testimony. And if you're going through it right now, operative word, through. Yea, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't camp out. Don't homestead. Don't stop. He's with you to help you to get all the way through. Because what he wants to do for you. He, God never does something just for one purpose. Never. If he healed you all by yourself. And nobody knew about it. Guess what? That's not just for that one purpose. That's to fortify your faith for later. That's so that you can... Share something with somebody else later. Whatever it would be. There's never just a single purpose for this. Are you hearing me? And so, I mean, wonderful, wonderful God. If if you are going through something right now, just keep going. You know, there's an old saying, if you're going through hell, keep going. (laughs) Keep going. Don't stop. And, And I'll tell you what, God will see you through. And he said, you go through the rivers, they're not going to overwhelm you. You go through the flood, you're not going to drown. You go through the fire, you're not going to be burned up. God's with you and God will get you through. And sometimes you feel, how long, how long? The psalmist even asked, how long? 
Well, we, we've talked about that recently. You just need to endure. Endure. And he'll help you. He'll help you and he'll get you through. But I want you to be encouraged tonight. If you're going through something, listen, you have a creator, you have a redeemer, you have a faithful God, and, and he's, able, he's with you. You're never alone. You're never without help. And he'll get you through. We all have damage, but we're in process. I'm being healed. I'm being improved. I'm being souped up. Amen? And you are too. And God's faithful. And you know what? All of that was just by unction of the Holy Spirit tonight. And that's for you. And I want you to just receive that tonight. Receive tonight what I've said to you. You're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's go, let's go back here to some things that I also felt the Lord helped me as I prepared. Um, for whatever reason, in our formative years, and, and some things later in life too, but where the levels of love, significance, and security maybe didn't, uh, you know, we had deficits there. One of the main ways that that happens, and you need to know this, is words. Words. Words that you were hoping somebody would say. You were hoping the teacher, your dad, your coach, or somebody would say, good job. And they didn't. Or you thought you did a good job and then they said something else. You with me? Or somebody mocked you or somebody made fun of you or this or this or this or that. And we all have all those things. I have a a series, um, my wife told me I need to, bring it back soon. It's called Overcoming Your Insecurities. No, actually, we're going to tie it with another one called Overcoming Your Upbringing. So, that's a whole other thing. Uh, But it's just important that we know that words are often the culprit. But guess what? Words are always involved in the cure. Words are always involved in the cure. Words are so important. We've talked about that. Words are so important. So, in Psalm 107, verse 20, it says, He sent His, help me, He sent His Word and what? He healed us. He sent His Word and He healed us and delivered them from their destructions. And those destructions are not always just self-inflicted, although some could be. So, words are often the culprit, but words are always part of the cure. His words, and then guess what we do? Then we take His words. And all of us have what is called self-talk. And don't say, oh, that's new age, that's psychology. No, that's the way you work. That's the way you're wired. You have a sense of self-talk. I wish we could hear it. Maybe not. One time on Gilligan's Island, they ate some berries or something or drank something and they knew each other's thoughts. They fought a lot. (laughs) Gilligan got slapped, you know. And so, but we do have self-talk. We're constantly narrating life, whether you know it or not. And you, the words that impact you the most now are your words, where you speak to you. We talked about that some in training in, in, in the series, but your words are very, very important. So I wanted to take some of his words and here's the, the big key. And then I'm going to give you a few practical things regarding procrastination. Philippians 4.13, and you need to know this verse. It says this, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's all read it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's do it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got to get that inside your self-talk. Because here, we've had other self-talk that's contrary to that. I, I can't do this. I can't go on. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I just want to say, stop it. Stop it. And even if you're not sure, does this really work? Get this on the inside of you. Let me just ask you this. Do you believe he ha- that he's able to do what he promised to do? Yes. Do you believe he has that kind of power? Yes. Do you believe that God can do things that you can't explain? Yes. God could do things you could never expect. Yes. Has he done those things in our lives? Yes, he has. And so just on the basis of that, you just need to walk. I do this every morning. I, I get it really early. I have my time with the Lord. And then I wake everybody up and then I will, um, I'll go out front on the front porch and I just kind of look out there. And I have a little song that I kind of sing, but I'm not going to go into that right now. It's an old, an old song. But it has, about, it has to do with the, the Lord and uh, bless the Lord who reigns in power, uh, how he created. And, and I won't even go into it. It's an old Dottie Rambo song. And uh, I just kind of hum or sing just part of it. But um, you need to get out and see what he made. You hear me? You need to see some things that God made every day and not just drive through them, doing your makeup, eating a Pop-Tart, getting there, yelling at people in traffic. Okay? You you need to be looking around and, and because the invisible attributes of the creator are clearly seen in his creation so that you and I are without excuse. And you need to just know God. Oh, you made that? I was standing at a football game uh, yesterday, which incidentally our flag football team is 6-0. and oh. That's undefeated. Thank you very much. And I was standing out with my stepdad and my sister, and we were, we were watching the team play. And my little guy, Gabe, got two touchdowns yesterday, which was awesome. Uh, and we were just watching. But um, my stepdad and I were standing there, and I said, do you see the sky? And then we got to talking about it. it's never the same. Not for a second is it the same. And yet it's always just incredible. And you, and you need to be reminded of just what he can do. Well, just on the basis of that then. Then go out on a limb and say, he, he can strengthen me. And so based on his word that he got to me in a very incredible way and path, I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Now I want to expand on that verse a little bit. And we did this at the close of service last week. I can. Everybody say I can. I can. I can do what? All things. things. Even the things that I procrastinated about. Yeah, I can. I, I can get that done. I can get it done. But that's not the end of the sentence. I can do all things, these things, this thing through Christ. Now, hold that thought, bookmark that. John 15, 8, uh, J- John 15, 5, he says, for without me, you can do nothing. So you know what I think we've been doing? We've been trying to do stuff without him. 
And so then we get all frustrated and the enemy gets involved and then we're not fruitful and, we're, and then we get cynical of even our own efforts. It's New Year's and you watch Oprah and then you, I'm going to do this. You know, and then, and then you're saying, I'll never get it done. I never do. I always say I'm going to do it. I'm always going to fall through and then never do it. You know, and we get cynical of that. You know what? It's in time. It's time that we get Jesus in, a, in this with us. I can do all things, follow me on this, through Christ who does a number of things, who strengthens me. Let me add on to it. Who loves me. Who accepts me. Who's helping me. Who forgives me. Who sees me. Who will give me a plan. Who will send me help. Who will see me through. Who will never leave me. Who will never forsake me. You've got to get that into your heart, into your faith, into your self-talk. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, loves me, helps me, accepts me, is healing me. All of those things. Are you with me? And, and I'm going to give you just briefly some practical things. But, but that's the heart. Because if the enemy is so involved in this, and he is, how are we going to overcome the enemy? Through Christ. Amen. 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 Let me give you some practical things. Hold on because we're going to kind of move fast here. You need to realize that there are both rewards and repercussions. How many of you know that if you get something done, and part of some people criticize this, but I think it's actually scriptural. You get things done, there is reward. Okay? Uh, you get, a, you get your job done, there is reward. You finish the work, you get paid. Uh, you show up on time. You don't miss your plane. So there are rewards and there are repercussions. Uh, I know of some situations. I hope this doesn't become painful for anybody. But there, I know of two guys at least that procrastinated about asking the lady they loved to marry them. And they procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated. I'm going to, I'm going to ask her, I'm going to do this. And see ya. If you don't value me enough, if you're not sure enough, after these seven years... See ya. That's a repercussion. That's a repercussion. Uh, also, you need to prepare mentally. Most people don't prepare mentally. They just kind of get moved, moved a little bit. Okay, here I go. I'm going to go do it. But see, you have to have the right mental approach to this. You've got to think when I get this done, not if I get this done. You need to prepare mentally. What is the price of delay? Uh, think these positive kind of thoughts. And... Try to mentally see this done. Something that I need to do is clean out my garage. I have a, yes. I have a million excuses. I think it's because I'm damaged. My clothes smell funny. And I'm, and I'm kind of joking there. But you know what? I need, I need to see that done i need to so desire the the picture of that done you know to get that done and uh whatever your area is stop judging me and uh, 
You need to learn to tolerate discomfort. Here's another one. Learn to tolerate discomfort. You need to get used to diligence, hard work, endurance. No pain, no gain. Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You know what you need to do? You just need to think how much endurance Jesus had. And then think, well, this thing's nothing, and he said that he would help me with this. Here's the big one right here. Avoid diversions and distractions. Avoid diversions and distractions. This also has to do with disciplines. Here's, here's a big diversion distraction. TV. How many of you, just be honest, you don't have to raise your hand on this. But how many of you before, I'm just going to sit down, just watch a little bit here, check the scores, do this real quick. And then three and a half, four hours later, you're... Come on, it can happen. It can happen. You've got to be careful because that thing, that thing will latch on to you. Uh, how, many of you how many of you know your bed could be a diversion or distraction? I just kind of stretch out here just for a moment here and you're gone. Uh, how many of you know gadgets, smartphones, games, all kinds of things can, can be a, a distraction, a diversion. I, I can remember also uh, in college years back, I was a music major at the time. And I was supposed to be practicing in the, in the, in the way the practice rooms were. I was in the bottom level practice rooms. And there was like this window across the top of the room that was right at ground level. So it's like I'm, I'm underneath, but there's some. And my friends who were not music majors and had a lot of spare time were out there playing Frisbee. Sometime, one time a couple of them went to Wendy's and came and sat right by that window. And they're eating. I'm like, oh, man. And sometimes we have this window in our life that we're looking at what all our friends and everybody else is doing. But you need to avoid diversions and distractions. Set your face like a flint. I'm going to get this done. Here's a big one. Attack one front at a time. Attack one front at a time. You know, if you were in battle, you can't fight on all fronts. You've got to be strategic and you've got to find where's my greatest threat. What is the thing that I need to go after first? You need to prioritize and strategically look at your life and decide what do I need to do here what do I need to go after and be strategic and attack that front what this does it creates momentum just like when you're getting out of debt and let me recommend to you the financial peace university okay it's a program that we have through Dave Ramsey Uh, it's a class that you would take um, to help you get out of debt how many of you wouldn't mind being out of debt out of debt and saving and living in a very manageable way. It's a wonderful program. The people that have gone through it can testify of, of how good that is. And there, there's some other groups and things you can do, but you, you need to do with that. But one of the methods of getting rid of credit card debt is, first of all, get out of danger. If you've got one that you're in danger, get out of danger with that one. But then also you want to snowball sometimes too. This is one method that you would... I'm going to pay off this little one. And you pay off that little one, and guess what you now have? Momentum and victory. 
And then you start to take what you were putting on that and you put on another one and you start to, sno- you start to snowball and, and get those things out of the way and you create momentum and momentum is a wonderful thing to have. And if you on a project or something that you've been putting off and now you're making progress on it, that momentum is a wonderful thing and it, it will propel you forward. Plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. You know, sometimes we walk up to something and we just get overwhelmed. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. So I won't. Right? And then we walk away from it. What you need to do is go look at it and sit at it, sit with it sometimes and say, okay. First thing I need to do is this. And then get your plan. Plan your work. Work your plan. Make sure it's doable. Make sure it's realistic. Let me go a little bit further here and then we're just going to wrap this up tonight. Get counsel and advice. There's some things you might need some help with. I don't know what to do with this. I don't, how, I don't know how to take care of this to, to whatever. And get some counsel, get some advice. Or if you're really locked up and you are just a serial chronic procrastinator, you need to, you need to go sit down with somebody, honestly. And this doesn't mean you're crazy. This just means that you're, you're humble enough to go get some grace and get some help uh, concerning some things. And, and uh, we have a care and counseling department here. It's uh, $1,100 an hour to come. It's free. It's free. Um, and we've got some wonderful counselors, and, and they're probably going to say, now we're overwhelmed, well, you told them. You know. But um, you may need to sit down with somebody. Or get, we talked about it at High Call the other night. You need to have some good godly friends that are strong enough, wise enough to, and love you enough that could, could say, hey, you know what? Come on, I'll help you do this. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing going. And sometimes you may just want to invite a friend. Would you help me do something? And they'll dive in and help you to overcome because many hands make light work. And when you're by yourself, that's a whole different thing than when you have somebody with you uh, to do that. Reward yourself. That's all in the name of celebration and momentum. And then it all starts with a decision, a decision. Stop delay at the beginning. Decide and commit to when to start and how to do it. But it starts with a decision. You've got to make a decision. And decisions, get this, decisions are reinforced by two things. Words and emotions. And some things you need to get mad about. Some things you need to get some passion about. And just decide. Uh, my wife sometimes watches this thing on one of the reality channels uh, about hoarders. Buried alive. And everybody at the end of this thing when it's just unreal. How did it get to that place? And now people are mad. They should have been mad long ago. At some point. I remember my mom would come in my room sometime. This room looks like a cyclone has hit it. I mean, even though they teach you that at mom school to say that <laughs> this room looks like a cyclone has hit it, you know, and she would l- allow our messiness to only go so far to only go so far. And you've got to make some decisions that, you know, that's it. That's it. We're, we're fixing this. We're doing that. We're going there. We're calling them. We're, I'm going to write that letter. I'm going to clean this up, whatever it would be. And then reinforce it all going back to this again. I can do all things through Christ, 
who strengthens me. Pastor John, if you come, I want to read something I read to you last week and then I'll finish with this. It's by William Thayer, written in 1893. And he says this, Only begin in season and delay becomes impossible. Decision must emphasize starting since it is easier to continue than it is to start. So the hard part is starting. If you get started, you keep going. Running to overtake lost time and opportunity only exhausts the breath. One can never catch up. Failing to begin one task or duty promptly shoves it upon the heels of the next. And soon they all crowd and jostle each other and confusion and inefficiency ensue. Each duty has a place. And that place has a beginning and end. Give it the beginning and it is sure of the end. And it starts with a decision. And look at me, listen to me. You can do it. Not just you. You can do it through Christ who gives you the strength. Amen? And we must overcome procrastination. The, the, the longer you allow procrastination, the more you're letting the devil play in your yard. And we do not want him in our yard at all. You let him in your yard, next thing he's going to want a drink of water. Then he's going to want a snack, and then he's going to want a nap, and then, you know, then he's going to want the remote, and he's running your house, okay? So let's get him out of the yard pronto. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.